Welcome to Inside the Markets with John McLeod. Each program, we will bring you insights from top leaders in business, real estate, politics, and more, with the hope that experiences will provide you with the knowledge and understanding to help make your path to success a smooth one. Awesome. All right. Chris Craddock, Redux Group from EXP Realty. Chris and I met, oh, probably about two, two and a half years ago at an event down here in Southwest Florida. And uh, when you get to hear him talk and learn a little bit about him, you're going to realize why uh, he left an impression on me. So, Chris, tell, tell us a little bit about your business and where you're at right now. Sure. Yeah. So I'm in the DC area. We've got an expansion location in, uh, in Baltimore and also in uh, Richmond, I, man, I, I can't believe I can't remember where they are, but, uh, but it's great. We're going to do on and off market. We do a lot of off market type deals as well, uh, through the investment arm of our company, but on and off market, we'll do right around 600 transactions this year. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just been, it's been incredible. Our team really started in December of 2014. That was when we, uh, we really launched as the Redux group and started, really running, uh, running hard. And we've, we've grown really fast. Uh, I guess it took us just over three years to, to hit the hundred million mark. And, um, yeah, now we're, we're, we're really going, but, uh, the, the thing that I'm most proud of is that I've got so many agents on my team that are making crazy, crazy good money. And we're also maintaining a high level of profitability. You know, you usually don't see that where agents are making good money and the team stays profitable. So, that's like probably been one of the best things ever because for me, I just, I mean, they're my people. I love seeing them. Awesome. And the fact that they're, they're crushing it. And uh, when they win, I win. It's just been one of the most, uh, most awesome things to experience and be a part of. Awesome. And, and Chris, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is, is you have a number of different types of uh, business opportunities that you're involved in that are all tied together to real estate. So you're not solely dependent on transactions for earning your income. Give me just a quick little, a 30,000 foot view of, of what your empire looks like. Yeah, sure. So um, we have 11 businesses all in like synergistic to the re uh, real, estate, uh, real estate space. Um, man, I feel like Ron Burgundy, red leather, yellow leather, right? Get those, get those words out, right? There's no teleprompter. I can't read it. Uh, but uh, sorry, my tongue is getting tied. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> we've got 11 businesses and I, I tend to forget them. So one of my favorite people in the world is Gary Keller. I think he, he's amazing. So I remember being in, in a small group that he was leading and he said, you can have as many businesses as you want, as, as long as they each are in a folder and that folder has another person's face on it. That face is not yours. And that person is the one that's in charge of that business. And so I'm sure I'm going to forget some, but, um, you know, we have our, our real estate agent business. Um, we've got a, uh, a title business. My wife is a branch manager of a lending business. Um, we've got an insurance company. I've got a construction company. Um, there's something called Legal Shield, which I think is really important, especially as a real estate agent. Um, everybody that buys a house should have a will. And so it's basically a free, like a lawyer, not free, a lawyer that costs uh, $25 a month. Um, and they'll give you a, a, a free will included in that um, every year. They'll update it for you. Um, so Legal Shield, um, you know, we flip, we wholesale, we've got our uh, rental portfolio company. Um, what else? Uh, hard money company. Uh, so yeah, anyway, there's, there's just a bunch of different uh, companies that we're, we're all a part of right now. 
and all of them are in that real estate space. So um, we just kind of started seeing where, hey, we've got a massive organization here and now we can add to it um, and partner with other great people to, to make sure and ensure that we're, we're providing amazing service through every single facet of the real estate transaction. That's excellent. And that's excellent. And Chris, how did you choose real estate as a career? You know, it's, it's funny. I was in, I was on staff with an organization called Young Life, which was awesome. It, it changed my life. It was, it was incredible in the early 2000s. And I was making $20,000 a year, which is fine if you're just like eking by, living on ramen noodles, you know, mm -hmm. me and my wife, you know, living on love, you know, like all the crazy stuff like that. But when she got pregnant in 2003 and we knew we were not going to be able to live on $20,000 a year, I Fair went enough. to the library. So it, it, it's funny because my, uh, my mom's side of the family, very like bankers, very white collar. They all own real estate and, and became like very upper middle class um, because of their, their real estate holdings. My dad's side of the family, it's really interesting. My grandfather, he was a road worker who made $3.25 an hour or $3.25 an hour and um, you know, no high school degree, but somehow cobbled together money. And every time he did, he bought properties in a place called like North Arlington, which is a really, really like valuable part of um, this area where we are. And he just bought property and ended up, he passed away a few years ago as a very wealthy man. So I knew whether you were um, coming from a lot of money or little money, regardless, real estate was the way to, to build wealth. And so I started, I just went to the library, checked out because it was before Google, checked out every book I could find on, on uh, well, I know Google was around, but it was before Google was Google. Uh, and uh, checked out every book on real estate investing. And one of my big uh, phrases that I say to everybody is imperfect action trumps perfect inaction any day of the week. And so I just, I read all these books as fast as I could because I'm kind of neurotic that way. When I'm like, when I'm in, I've got blinders, I'm like ready to go. Um, and so I read all the books and what it was saying was find, um, find people in distress and see if you can solve their problem. And if you can, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to help them solve their problem. So I just found all these people that were going up to auction and in four months, I made 12 times what I made in a year, just offering to buy their house. And the crazy thing is I knew so little about this. Actually, somebody asked me about this and dug into this and I forgot about this. I knew so little about real estate. I just literally was knocking on doors of people that were going to auction. And, uh, and then when the first person that said yes, I, I was like, okay, what, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't have a contract. I didn't have anything. So I went, one of my buddies was a real estate agent and I just went to him and I was like, Hey, I don't know what to do with this, but I got a guy I'm pretty positive. Like his house is worth a whole heck of a lot more than what he's willing to sell it to me for. I was like, can you draw up the paperwork and we need to split the deal. And so literally that's what we did on that first one, because I just didn't know what I was doing, but again, imperfect action, right? Massive imperfect action. And so that's, that's kind of how that started. And then I made a bunch of money. I continued doing um, ministry stuff. And then um, I've got six kids and anybody knows what it's like to have uh, kids. It's like literally you put your money in a blender and then light it on fire. And so, um, so I, like all of a sudden, like as time went on, the money started running out. And so I got back into flipping, but at this point, the, uh, uh, the market had crashed. And so all of these deals were short sales at that point. And so I ended up getting my real estate license because of the fact that, um, because of the fact they were, the banks were paying a commission if you had a real estate license when you bought, uh, when you bought short sales. And so I got my real estate license. And during that time, um, oh, just so you, like, and I skipped this piece. 
I had gone back to school. Um, I always led people. I always, uh, I enjoyed leadership. And so I'd gotten a doctorate in leadership. So um, I, you know, I, I got a doctorate. I love leading people. Somebody get, excuse me, somebody gave me Gary Keller's book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. I ended up devouring that book, just saying, wow, this is, this is incredible. And I love the idea that you could, you could build a system, build a colored by numbers organization to net a million dollars a year and it, by helping other people um, make a lot of money. And so we just like, you know, when I saw that, we started building it in December 2014 and then we were off to the races. You know, you, you've, you've mentioned Gary and you've mentioned Millionaire Real, Real Estate Agent a couple of times. Got to ask you, you've read the book, you built a business around it. Does it work? Oh my gosh, it's colored by numbers. You, here's one of the things that I've learned in life. Always imitate, then innovate, right? So that's the problem with entrepreneurs. Is entrepreneurs are so massively creative. They think they've got a better way right off the bat. But the reality is they don't realize they're breaking rules, right? So my wife's a professional writer. And she says the worst writers in the world break the rules of writing. She said the best writers in the world break the rules of writing. And then what they do is... They, uh, the best writers in the world, they know the rules, so they know how to break them in an innovative way. The worst writers in the world, they don't know the rules and they just break the rules and then it comes off terribly. And so that's the same thing for entrepreneurs. If we know the rules of organization building, if we know the rules around it, then we can innovate. But if we just try to innovate, we're gonna make the same stupid mistakes that somebody else had made a long time ago. And we could have avoided a lot of pain and uh, a lot of expense if we would have just learned the color by numbers lesson that, um, that, you know, in this case, Gary laid out for us. Excellent. Excellent. You mentioned investments a couple of times. What's the best investment you've ever made? Whether it's time, money, people, what's the best single investment you've ever made? Well, I mean, what I would always say is the number one best investment I make is, is in myself because your business grows to the extent that you grow. And so, um, you know, every morning I, I spend at least an hour in personal development, both spiritually and um, business-wise, um, just learning to think bigger. Um, every year I spend about six figures of my, I spend over six figures on uh, personal development. I believe in coaching. I believe in, in all of that. I like, I, honestly, I spend, I, I'm working to spend right around 10% of my net income on, uh, um, you know, on personal development, on coaching, because I really do believe it. I believe that I could figure all this stuff out on my own. There's no doubt. And so could you, so could anybody here. We can all figure this out on our own. But in real estate, there's so much money to be made that if I could figure something, if it takes me, let's say it took me a year, year and a half for me to figure it out. And I could pay somebody, let's just say $10,000 and they could teach me how to figure it out in a month, in, in, in six months. Like the amount of money I can make just absolutely destroys that $10,000 I paid because it's an investment that pays for itself over and over again. I, and I'll give an example for that. I joined a mastermind group that cost me about $20,000 a year to be a part of. And with it, the first year I was a part of it, I directly traced $250,000 worth of company revenue back to things that I learned from that group. So I'll just say, spend the money on coaching. Spend, if, if you're not paying for coaching, I'll tell you, my wife and I struggled with this when we first started, uh, when we first started. <clears throat> Most agents do, don't they? Oh yeah. And literally like, like my way, like this was one of, there's only a few times in my life where my wife and I disagreed on something and I decided to do it anyway. And it actually worked out better. <laughs> like, and, and that was one of the, one of the only times where she was so mad that she thought I was just blowing money and burning money, throwing it away. And the reality is 
when she overheard some like and honestly here's the funny thing um when she heard one of the first coaching modules that that we were going through and the guy literally said like to start off said hey are you working all the time when you go away are you working on vacation you know where it's not really a vacation you're just working remotely like okay we need to build a system so that you can build something that's bigger than you and you're not the bottleneck and my wife overheard it but like literally that was on day one and she was just like okay, maybe, maybe this is good stuff. Maybe we should listen to this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because um, my wife interviewed my coach before I hired him. Uh, she happens to be in training and develop, development professionally as well. And uh, uh, she's Covey certified, all that sort of good stuff. Real high-end, very phenomenal trainer. And uh, so she agreed, says, okay, hire him. He's going to be good for you. And he was fantastic. You, you know him. Um, we'll get Andy on here at one point, but Andy Shearer is the, the guy that I hired. Uh, he coached me for about a year and a half, and I had a role change at the office. And the office asked me to get a different coach. And I go home and told my wife, she says, why'd you do that? I said, well, because apparently what I was doing with Andy worked. So I need to go replace that with something that doesn't work. She said, well, you'll be back. And sure enough, fast forward a year, I, I hired him back again. Um, thankfully, he didn't make me come back to him with my uh, tail between my legs. But, uh, <laughs> and, and it, it, you know, a great coach will understand you and be able to help, be able to help bring you forward and is, uh, to an extent, emotionally invested in your success. And anyway, so a big, big fan of that. So. Yeah, quick question. What what habit? I think you may have alluded to it if I was a guest, but I want to be sure. What habit do you have that most positively affects your life and your mindset? Uh, my morning routine. I'm yeah. I'm a night person by nature, although now it's so funny because I wake up early. Uh, like I'll fall asleep sometimes like on the couch with the family or like if my wife and I are watching a show, like I'll fall asleep early and she starts shaking me saying, don't fall asleep yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, but uh um, but yeah, no, naturally, like in college, I would go to bed about the time I wake up now, like I naturally and, and all of the all the reasons I'm a great salesperson, so good that I can sell myself on my own BS, um, which is like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm more creative at night, I get more stuff done, less distractions, I'm not groggy, I, like all the other stuff. No, yep. literally successfully exclusion look across every industry. And it's you're, you're almost never going to find somebody that's massively talented that wakes up around 10 a.m., maybe in the like, like a rock star, right? Like, but, but you're not going to find any business leader that does that. And their day so, is over uh, by 10 in the morning. Right, right, exactly. If you haven't, so that, I mean, that goes back to one of the things that I always talk about. I'm like, if you want to win the year, so so the best in the world make the complex simple. If you want to win the year, you got to win the quarter. To win the quarter, you got to win the month. To win the month, you got to win the week. To win the week, you got to win the day. And to win the day, you got to win the morning. And that's like, that's it. You break it down to the irreducible minimums. Yep. What do I have to do that if I win this morning and I do it every single day, I'm going to win the year. And I heard Nick Saban talking about that, right? He's like, he's like you, to win the play, to win the game, you got to win or to championship win the division, like all the way down. Yep. And, and, and he says, it always goes back to the individual play. And if we win more plays than we lose, we're likely going to win the game, which means we're going to win the, you know, just, it just goes on and on. And that for us, the play is the morning. So you set your morning up with the uh, age old question. What's the one thing that I can do that in doing such makes everything else easier or, or irrelevant? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's it. it. And so for me, my morning routine, you know, I wake up, I write down my goals so that I feed my why, right? Because anytime you're feeling a malaise, 
It means, I, and, and this was this was something I came across a while ago. If you feel malaise, if you feel unmotivated, it means that the goals are too far away and you need to interact with them. You need to touch them, taste them, feel. I'll tell you right there, that when I learned that, that changed my life. That is worth the price of admission to this, this show because <laughs> you really don't get what I'm saying. Next time you're not motivated, I'm telling you, you've got to really interact with your goals and make them closer, make them feel it, make like get these bite-sized goals going on. So write down my goals. I'm a Christian guy. So I read my Bible every morning to feed myself spiritually. I go down and, and work out. I've got a gym in my basement. So I work out in my gym every morning to feed myself physically. I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book or something. So I'm feeding my mind and my brain. Um, and then I go upstairs. I have breakfast with the family. Um, and I, we talk about goals and stuff. I'm feeding my family relationally. I get into the um, I get into a shower while I'm listening. I have a Bluetooth speaker where I'm listening to stuff. I'm thinking like an athlete, you know, we're corporate, corporate athletes. We're about to go in for the game and we got to be ready for it. Just like you see the athletes with their headphones on getting in the zone. I'm getting in the zone. And then I have like a five minute conversation with my wife about what's going on for the day. And then we start our morning huddle and that's, that's my morning. And I'll tell you when that happens, then I get into the day and man, you're, you're ready to go. That's awesome. So what's one odd thing or one quirk about you that most people don't know that you're willing to share? Yeah. I mean, I've got <laughs> lots of quirks. Um, I mean, you can tell like I, I'm massively high energy. I've got six kids. We didn't notice that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got six kids. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that, that's a harder question to, uh, to dive into. Um, I have a doctorate. I think I said that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I love racquetball. Like racquetball awesome. is like one of my favorite, favorite things. Cause yeah, I, I played with some old guys that, uh, that can whip me and I'm like, man, I want to be like them when I grow up. And so it, it, it comes, it comes off the wall in a roll every single time. Doesn't he like how in the world did he do that? Those oh. kill shots that drive you nuts. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that it's a game. So I'm 43 right now. I love the fact that it's a, it's a game that I can play. Like literally I see guys playing in their seventies and they're still playing at a, at a, a pretty competitive level. And I'm like, man, if I can play for the next like 30 years, that would be a great, great thing. That, that's awesome. Uh, so what's, what piece of bad advice do you hear a lot in our profession? Um, bad advice. Um, top line's most important. You know, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing ever thinking. What do you mean by top line? People thinking that if, if you bring in a lot more money, that it, that it's great. I mean, <clears throat> I don't care whether you bring in $10 million. If you keep a couple hundred thousand, that's terrible, right? Yep. I mean, a couple hundred thousand, that's all right. But like, you, you don't need a team. You don't need a group. You don't need anything like that to bring in um, that kind of money. What I would just say is it's, it's not what you make. It's what you keep. That's what's most important. Okay. Excellent. And last question I want to wrap it up with, Chris, is, is what book or books do you most often recommend and why? Ooh, so I, I get through a book every week, every week and a half. So I like power through them. Right now, I'll tell you the best, most, like the, I'm reading a book right now that is like one of the most exciting books that I've read in a long time. I loved his first book. It's Oren Claff and it's uh, Pitch Anything. But his second book is called Flip the Script. And if you're in sales, I just would tell you, like I've read all the sales books and this is one of the best books I've read in a long time, but it depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to somebody that is um, getting started doing less than like 15 deals a year, um, I'm talking sales books and motivation books. If I'm talking to somebody that's 
that like going like 25 and really wants to build out a massive organization, I'm talking organization books. So if you, could you give me like, it just depends on who I'm talking to. Okay. Who, who am I talking to? You know, you talk most to real estate agents. I'm, I'm going to assume we're people that are entrepreneur types. So if you're talking to, to one of them and they're struggling, whether they're brand new and don't have any direction or they've been in the business for 10 years and they flatlined. Okay. So we're talking about people that need to get their business up. So if sure. you're doing less than 25 deals a year, I'll tell you your problem is an activity problem. And so you need to, you need to be able to tap into that. So like a Simon Sinek, start with why, um, you know, Grant Cardone, 10X rule, um, you know, some of these motivation books and figuring out how to tap into your motivation. I'll tell you, if you do less than 25 deals a year, it means you need to work harder. I, I get, and I know somebody's going to get mad at me and say, I work hard, you know, all the other stuff. I'm sorry, you know, soft words make hard people, hard words make soft people, right? So, so this is the thing. If you're doing less than 25 deals a year, less than two deals a month, you need to call more people. You're not talking to enough people. You're not getting out there enough. You're being a secret agent. I promise you, you're not spending three hours a day on the phone, minimum three hours a day. But bottom line is, if you're not doing at least two deals a month, then what are you doing with the other six hours of your day, right? Like, like you need to be spending like four or five, six hours a day on the phone until every day you've got a lead appointment or a referral and you just don't hang up until you do that. You just keep going and going and going, do it, do it, do it. So if, if you're doing less than that, you need to tap into that motivation and you need to find um, uh, authors that will resonate with you that will really, really get that going. So I would say like, like the Grant Cardone, like, I, you know, he'll, all of his stuff is just more like, you know, get your butt in gear and do the work, you know, kind of okay, stuff. Awesome. So that's the deal. And if you're looking to build an organization, I'll say these are the books that, that I think are amazing. EOS Traction, 12-Week Year, Scrum, Clockwork, Who Not How. I'd say those are your five books that you read if you're looking to build an organization. Awesome. Chris, really thank you very much for the time. We've been chatting with Chris Craddock from Redux Group outside of Washington, D.C. area. And uh, in case you missed it at the beginning, his organization just on the transactional side will do about 600 transactions this year. So he really has his ducks in a row and knows what's going on. Chris, thank you again for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, man. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Inside the Markets with John McLeod. I hope you found this topic interesting. Each show, we will bring you intriguing and relevant commentary from the top experts here in our market. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to be a guest on the show, please email me at johnmcleod at kw.com. That's J-O-N-M-C-L-E-O-D at kw.com.